Welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast. This is episode 94, and uh, it's been a while since we've released one, at least a few weeks, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How you doing, folks? Been, uh... Been getting through the winter time, and you know, just one of those things where we've been going our each different separate directions, and we've been hearing you yelling at us, but it's just been a t- getting the time together to to actually put one of these together. It's been we've been busy. Yep, yep, busy spring for me. Yep, yep. So, uh, so it's been it's been at least a month, I think. Yeah. Since, I mean, I, I did get an email the other day and saying, what the hell? It's been a month and w- w- what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was like, well, it's, you know, springtime, you know, early Easter, all that stuff, you know, hell happens. Yeah. Stuff uh, winds up pretty quick. Yep. You know? Yep. Yep. But uh, so, since, since last time, uh, I guess, yeah, because it's been since I started the SAP. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's been well, it was way before that. Yeah, so, and that's like at least I've been out at that for like three weeks now or something. Did you boil some down? Uh, I haven't. I didn't collect any today. Uh, I didn't collect much over the weekend at all. I think it maybe was too cold, but I think I'll right. get some today because it's warming up. Right. Yep. Yep. I yep, s- accidentally ruined a five-gallon batch. <laughs> uh, so I... I like uh, <laughs> the learning process of maple syrup. Well, I had it all boiled down, and then I was gonna. I had my thermometer in there to like boil it down some more and get it to the right consistency, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got distracted, and then it was all black. <laughs> so it just oh, yeah. completely burned it up. So. Yep, that, that went that, that went five gallons of sap. Yep, that's what happens. That's a and it's an easy, it's easy to do, and it's a mess to clean up. Yeah. I just uh, dumped it all out of there and then boiled water in the pan and it went away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all part of it. That's all part of the learning curve. <clears throat> well, I don't know that I learned anything from that that I didn't know already, <laughs> which is don't walk away from the stove if you've got something that's time sensitive cooking on there. Right. Well, you know, and it's what's really funny is I, I when I do mine, I do I do the lion's share of it outside. Mm-hmm. You know, with a big, uh, uh, big propane boiler or big propane uh, uh, burner. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, next year, I'm buying a um, uh, what's called an arch uh, arc system, which is a, a big firebox and it's a, a chimney that goes underneath a giant pan. Okay. And uh, you put the syrup, the sap in on one side, and it comes out almost finished on the other side. Nice. And then you finish it out in the house. And, yeah. Uh, so, so when you're when you're actually doing the finished process, it's you're you're right there because it it's, it only takes a little bit to get it done. Uh, uh-huh. It's just like the final just like the final phase of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so that's what we're going to do next year, and and I think we'll it's I you know it's one of those rites of spring things. You know, you you get that done, and you know that as soon as you're as soon as you're done, and you got the last lid on. Spring is here, yeah, and the leaves are popping because that's usually what what uh, you know that's usually what finishes it is the the weather changes to the point where your your trees are starting to to bud, 
Yeah. And uh, and and you know you know that spring is not very far behind that. So it's a very good way to finish up your uh, uh, your long winter up here is to have a have a, a couple of three weeks of maple syrup season. Yep. Good deal. Yeah. Yep. So uh, what's new in the knife knife world? Well, knife world. We have got a uh, couple things going on. We got. The Blade Show is coming up in in uh, the end of June. Huh. Are you planning on going to that? No. <laughs> I don't have any. Uh, it's it's like the first week of June usually, isn't it? Yeah. First weekend, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't have any stuff. I mean, I could go, I suppose, as a spectator, but. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to go uh, as a spectator this year, and I'm going to get a booth next year. Yeah, American, yeah, you, you're the one that should have a booth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to do it this year, and it just was a time constraint thing, and uh, so I can't do that. So yeah, I would think phone. you would sell a whole shitload of them there. Yeah, so we're uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote unquote brown bag. Nah, I'm probably not gonna brown bag it, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there and uh, and visit anyways, and um, but I think next year I'm gonna do that show. Yeah, uh, you should. Yeah, I'd I'd go and help work your table or whatever. Yep, yep. Yeah. And um, and maybe we do a podcast right from there too. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, right um, from Blade. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, lot, lots yeah. of people it, to talk to there for sure. And it might be it might be this time next year. Uh, might be doing the the shot show. I don't know. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that that that'd be a fun show to do. It's a lot of work to do a shot show. Oh, to, you mean uh, go out and set up a table and whatnot there? Or? Yeah, you set up a booth there, and it's like four days of freaking long hours and on your feet and talking to a bazillion people. and. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, it's cool. I, yep. I don't have – I literally have nothing that I could bring down there. Yeah. I, I just can't keep it. Yeah. You know? it's, that's the issue. But, uh, so then uh, last week was the uh, Badger Knife Show. Badger which, Knife. Yeah, in Wisconsin. Badger Knife Show. Badger uh, oh, Wisconsin okay. Knife Club. Badger oh, Show. Oh, okay. And, uh, Did you go to I, that? or? No, I was actually, I was thinking about it. And it was like one of those things where I, I it, I've never been to the show, but my understanding is it's a pretty good show. Uh-huh. And, um uh, so I, I always th- thought I wanted to at least go and attend, <coughs> and then the dates jumps up on you, and you know I, I mean I think this year was difficult because of Easter. Hmm. Uh, you know Easter being so early this year compared to uh, normal. I think it was way way earlier than normal this year. Yeah, and I think that kind of goofed me up too because we got you know Easter break and and uh, is is like the beginning of. Uh, the end of March, and it's usually in April. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, usually it's like April 12th, I think, or somewhere in that, you know, Jeez, second I, week, first week of April or something like that. And it did seem uh, did seem to come early this year. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did your kids do for April break, spring break? Uh, they went to uh, taekwondo camp. Ooh. <laughs> so they're... Our whole family is enrolled in that. I am not taking it because I took it when I was a kid, and I, I kind of want my girls to be better than me mm-hmm. at something. So, 
but my uh, three daughters and my wife are all taking that. And then That's... last week, they if they went for three hours a day for five days, then they get a whole belt out of it. Nice. Yeah, so they did that. And uh, hung out, you know, played some games, you know, lots of stuff like that. We didn't really go anywhere, although the weekend before we went... I got them a night at the Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Which That's fun, huh? Yeah, it's pretty fun. I think um, the one I'm going to go to next is the one in Boyne City because it's supposed oh, yeah. to be the largest one in uh, in yeah. all of Michigan. You better invite me. Well, for sure, yeah. Because I want to go and play in a pool. Yeah, they got I, all these slides and stuff. I um, We've taken my grandkids there, and we, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. And especially if you're not ashamed to put a bathing suit on and go splash in the water with the kids, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I'd, I got no problem doing that. I mean, I'm not winning any bathing suit modeling contests. But oh, I, I do. I do. <laughs> I'm sure you do, but not me. Yeah, I'm down to 190. Very good. Yeah, Very good. I'm, I'm freaking, you can almost see my abs. Very nice. Yeah. Yep. yep, so I'm back into size 34 pants. Yeah, feeling, that's good. Feeling spry. Yeah, I got a. I I fell off the wagon a little bit around Christmas time, but I'm not too far out of where I should be. So I expect by uh, by the time we're doing the beach stuff, I'll be back down to nice thin weight, my spaghetti limbs. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I like I like being at 190. That's a that's a good weight for me. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't see myself going much below that, but. Um, so have you, have you been, uh, a couple weeks back, I know you were, you were not available to do this, but a couple weeks back, I had a couple guys come up and we were videotaping, doing some YouTube videos for the weekend. Yeah. had a lot of fun doing that. Uh Uh-huh. Um. Did any of that get, get put up yet or? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. A handful of them. We did some stuff on wool clothes and. Oh, cool. We did some stuff on the knives and, um. Had a discussion, a knife discussion. One of the one of the uh, YouTube channels is T Jack Survival. Okay. And uh, his name is the the uh, host name is Tyler White. Uh, okay. Nice guy from from uh, Utah. And uh, so we had a good we had a good time. And uh, and then the other was Ben Pitsley. He's from Michigan. Okay. And you'll you'll meet him because he's gonna I think he's gonna start hanging with us a little bit up here. Uh, when it comes time to doing some outdoor stuff, he's a pretty intelligent, pretty nice guy, pretty, uh, pretty level-headed individual. Uh-huh. Um, uh, kind of a, kind of a gear geek. He's got some cool shit. Okay. Um, and his, his, uh, his page is, uh, Living Survival. It, that's his, um, uh, YouTube channel. Living Survival. Yep, yep. And, um, and he does more of a he's more of a of a, a gear review guy. Okay. And um Wow, he's got a shitload of subscribers. Oh yeah, yep. Sixty six thousand. Yep. That's yep. five times what I've got. Yep, yep. He does a he does a pretty nice job. Yeah. But he does he does a he makes it a point to do one every day. Wow. That's and, pretty uh, that's pretty and amazing. that's what he does, but that's what he does for a living. Oh yeah, he does the gear review and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And Tyler's Tyler's his channel is not as big, but it's uh, still he's 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 got about six thousand. That's more than. Uh, yep, he's growing. That's more than a lot of people have. Yep, he's growing. So it's um 
you know, it's just a, uh, we did, we did a handful of videos and, uh, had a good time, um, rode snowmobiles around and made some snowshoes and, and, uh, um, made a friction fire and did some, uh, you know, did some bushcrafty shit. Cool. Yeah. Um, in the snow, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting to bring people into different areas that they're not used to when they're, you know, their skill set is, I mean, I, my wife and I were watching, I don't know if you've ever watched Naked and Afraid. Have you watched any of that yet? Uh, no, I, I don't have time. It's actually, it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, at first I was, I was really um, thinking it was a, just a, such a retarded show. The, the premise is so retarded. And, and then after watching a couple of them, um, I found them to be interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that they're the greatest shows ever, but I, but if I like to watch how people react, I like to to watch not necessarily what their what their skill set is, but how they respond to the to the situation that they're in. Uh huh. And and one of the things that I notice is that at the beginning of the show, these guys are all pretty much pretty cocky. You know, I've got this skill, I've got that skill. I was in the army, I was a ranger, I was this, I was that. I practice my skills all the time. I do, and then they get out into an environment that they're not familiar with at all. And like, like the one that just uh, kind of got me was last night. Kathy and I watched one episode of it last night, and they were. In, and the only reason that it was one of the unusual ones because it was in uh, northern Ontario. Uh huh. Okay, so it's like thick boreal forest. Yeah. Type type situation, and it was. You know, at night it was like 42 degrees and rainy, and the daytime it was like 57 degrees, okay? Nice. So you're naked. So, damn it, you're going to get cold if you don't have a fire and a good shelter. Yeah. And um, But there was enough, there was there should have been enough that they could have had food, and they could have, I mean, we would have been very comfortable in that situation, because that's, you know, although I wouldn't want to be naked at it, but, but we know enough that you know that fire is very important. Uh, yeah. So so this couple went for the first they did they built a horrible shelter that wouldn't shed water at all. <clears throat> and then they spent the first 5 or 7 days without a fire. Hmm. And so every night, especially when it rained, the rain would go through the shelter and they were soaking wet, laying in the ground. You know, literally waking up in hypothermia every day. You know, they yeah. finally got their shit together after about seven days, but it took seven days to figure. And this guy stepped into it. The, the fella did. The the lady was from Hawaii, and the guy was from Tennessee. Oh, they're not used to cold at all. No, and, Holy and but crap. it took that many that many days for the guy to realize that his fire starting skills. He, him he did get a fire going, but it took him seven days. Wow. What and, was the uh, issue? Why I don't understand. He just—it was like he wasn't quite getting it over the edge. You know how, like, if you're doing a bow drill fire and you're you're, you're getting your smoke, you're getting your ember, but you don't quite have your nest right. You don't quite yeah. have your your material correct. Yeah. To get it to to catch the to catch the ember and hold it so you can blow it into a flame. Right. Well, that's where he was failing, and he was doing it every time. First, he was blowing too hard; he didn't have the right material. Finally, when they they figured they built a uh, they built a nest, and they were able to get it together, um, they did. You know, they did end up with a pretty good deal. 
But mm-hmm. still, it, it took them that long, and they did survive, and it was uh, it was interesting. But it's, it's it's interesting to watch the the interplay between the two people. You know, like, like I said, I'm not not convinced they have to be naked. I don't understand what what that plays into it. But uh, it's you know, just a I mean, you, yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it really could be they could be wearing clothes, and it would be just as interesting, I think. But you know, I mean, I don't need to see their little stained butts, and you know. Yeah, that kind of shit. But <laughs> but usually they're done in, in some kind of tropical jungle type area. Yeah. And uh, but this time was was intriguing. It was the fact that it was up in the north country, and I was kind of intrigued by that. And um, Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra modern CNC components and old world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. So, and speaking of shows, um, that new Alone series is coming out. Oh, good. Uh, and uh, our buddy's going to be on that. Yep. Be so that's going to be... I'll, I might even be, watch that. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's a, that actually is a pretty good show. I yeah. I watched the first season of that, and, I, and that was a good show. I, I did enjoy that because... Everybody on the show was skilled. I think within, you know, for all practical purposes, basic survival skills, um, which I'm going to tell you a little something about that in a bit. But basic survival skills, um, you know, they were all pretty much on par. All the uh-huh. players were pretty much on par. You know, they all had equal I means. Basically, if you can build a shelter and you can build a, uh, and you can build a fish trap or you can fish or you can, uh, build traps or you can build a fire, you know, you, you've got pretty much have some knowledge of of edible plants that you can reasonably use. Um, I think you're, um, you're in pretty good shape. Uh-huh. But the difference between this and everything else has been the fact that you're with yourself. You're yeah. alone with yourself. And, yeah. you're, and who is your biggest enemy? Yourself. Who's the, who is the person that puts... I mean, why do they call it self-doubt? Uh, right. <laughs> you know? And so that's where the – that's to me, that's an intriguing show because that really shows uh, the mental capacity or the mental portion of survival that people really underestimate. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that, that that's, that's where the difference lies. That's where the, the, the guys that are mentally tough, it makes the difference. Um, yeah. So that's that's interesting to me. I I, I I thought that was a very good um, very good way to do it. You know, they're given the they're given enough tools that they can they can be successful, and uh, you know, works pretty well. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, we know somebody that's going to be on there. Are we supposed yep. to say who it is yet? Uh, I think we can because they're advertising it on TV right now. Okay, so it's David uh, McIntyre, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's he's the one that's the author. I've talked about his books on here before. Yep. He's got some books on. He's uh, good author. Yeah. Very good author. Yeah. 
does a very yeah, good job. Yeah, he sells, does his books on Amazon. Yeah. Nice guy, too. Generally yep. just a nice guy. Yep. Agreed. So I discovered uh, something kind of cool for outdoors gear. What'd you find? Dirt cheap. Uh, it's Tyvek. Oh yeah. Right. I've heard I've heard of people people you know talked about using this stuff before, and I've I've kind of always ignored it. Uh, but then I was looking. I got this new uh, little teepee like shelter type thing by made by Black Diamond. Um, called the Mega Light, and it's like mm-hmm. a, a little four-man teepee that doesn't have a floor. And I was like, well, you know, I I just want something that I can put my uh, uh, air mattress on without it being on the ground. I wonder what I could use. And so I thought, you know, well, Visqueen works, you know, a bunch of stuff works. And then uh, I was uh, looking for some seam sealer on Amazon, and one of the things that popped up, is Tyvek, and I'm like, why would Tyvek pop up as a suggestion if I'm looking at seam sealer? And then I read read what people were using it for, and they're using it for ground cloths. Oh yeah, yep. So, and it's but, really expensive. Yeah, it's like nothing, and and well, the the problem can be if you if you try to buy like a roll of it, it can get be pricey. But a lot of I know Amazon sells in uh, chunks, so you don't mm-hmm. have to buy like a whole roll or whatever. Um, but you know, it'll, you can put grommets on it. You can do all kinds of things. Uh, it, it is a little noisy and crinkly when you first get it. And what you have to do is just run it through the washing machine with no soap and cold water and it'll take care of that. Uh, but, uh, it's waterproof, uh, lightweight, hardly weighs anything, rolls up real small, uh, it's very popular as a ground cloth, but then people also use it just as a tarp. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is sailors use that as sail, too. They do? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yep, yep. A lot, of, cool. a lot of sailboats that, uh, you know, especially when you get guys that are like they buy an old scrapped out sunfish or something like that, you know, and the sail costs a couple hundred bucks for one of those. You know, oh, they yeah. can go and make one for, you know, for nothing. $12 or nine, you know, whatever on the... But, you know, the thing is, and I, I haven't messed a lot of, with that stuff, uh, with using Tyvek for that, but can you, um, uh, when you, I mean, it's that's breathable one way, correct? And you can, mm. you can go on the wrong side of it and have moisture whipped through the other way, I think. I don't know. I know that you're supposed to have the, if you put it on a house, you're supposed to have the words out. Right. But the, right, and that's because of moisture goes out. Yeah, it, I, it, so so if rain hits it, it won't come in. But if moisture hits it on the inside, it'll go out. Let me look. Tyvek. Breathable one way. But what I was wondering is, can you sew that? Uh, with a sewing machine? I don't know. Um, you know, there, like if there you were going to put a, there are videos of making stuff sacks of it, so I'm assuming. So it must be you can. So you could take like a like if you wanted to make like I think it would make a good bedroll. Um, a good bedroll honestly, material. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. It says, okay, so on the Dupont website, it says, uh, it, it absorbs little or no moisture. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't say like readily available here whether it, um, 
whether there's a there's one way you're supposed to use it versus the other. I, I'm sure one of our one of our listeners knows. I think the I think the issue was that uh, they want the words on the outside because it's free advertising. Well, I wondered about that too. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the um, they make uh, all of the U.S. mail um, priority envelopes. I think are made of Tyvek. Right. right. And it's yep. it's really good rip resistant stuff. Um, it's tough as nails. Yeah. It is tough as nails. But you know, I was thinking it would be kind of cool if you could if you could make a bedroll material out of it, like you would make a canvas bedroll. Mm-hmm. And uh, and make it so that you could uh, 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 so. Uh, oh, my dog wants to come in. That says water vapor can pass through Tyvek, but liquid water cannot. So I don't I I don't think there is a a direction to it, but I'm sure somebody knows who knows more than me knows all about it. I let my knucklehead in. Huh. Um, yeah, that that's the uh, you know I think you it'd be like a it's almost. The way that was described to me was almost like a Gore-Tex material. Yeah, it's where, a, the, where your moisture will wick away from you. But and, and what is the problem in a in a in a uh, tent? Is basically what happens. Yeah. yeah, condensation. So if you're getting rid of the condensation, it's a non-issue. Hmm. Especially in a especially in a bivy sack. Yeah, you know, that's that's why the outside needs to be uh, Gore-Tex because it'll wick the moisture away from you, suck the moisture out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how how well that would work or not. I, I just. I haven't really thought of it. I guess. But it'd be cool to put grommets in it and stake it down as a ground cloth, or. Yeah, yeah. You can, and they. You know, when you when you go on Amazon, it'll actually pop up the right grommets for you. <laughs> nice. So you know what? You know what? Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe what I'll do is make something like that. And make a bedroll where you can slip your. Um, your uh, uh, ground, your um, mat, your sleeping pad, into a pocket. Okay. So it holds it in place. Yeah. And then have a have a overcover over the top of your of yourself. I wonder mm-hmm. if you can get it in colors. You buy that, but you can get that in colors. Yeah, they make it all in all different stuff. I mean, they they sell it to like make uh, you know graphics on, and I mean, I would think you can get it. Well, anything that doesn't stuff. say Tyvek on the outside of it would be okay. Yeah, but I, it's kind of, I kind of like that. <laughs> he said it says Tyvek <laughs> on there because everybody, everybody looks at it and they're like cheap ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I know funny. they they make kites out of it too. Some some kites you can make with Tyvek really well. Yep. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, they um and they they actually, Amazon actually sells. A ground cloth uh, ready-made. Oh, nice. So, um, but you know, you can. They also have. Uh, if you don't want to put a hole through your Tyvek and then use a, a grommet right in the Tyvek, they have these little Tyvek tabs that you can put on there with <coughs> the grommets in them, and then you use like a contact cement to seal it together. So. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with that because I'm. Yeah, gonna, that sounds fun. That yeah. sounds real fun. So, our uh, friend Ethan Becker is having the spring gathering here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's actually in about two weeks, and I'm gonna go, and I want to camp in that thing, 
in that uh, thing. But if it's crazy buggy or whatever, I'll probably end up sleeping in a hammock. Now, Although, now you could have got a you could have got an interior for that, right? Yeah, you can get a you can get a a, a bug net interior, but I didn't. And that's and that's got a ground cloth, right? Yeah, it's built in. But I yeah. I don't know. I it kind of defeats the, if if I'm gonna haul all that shit around, I it might as well have a tent. Right. You know, because my uh, the way it is with just the fly, it's really lightweight. But if you start adding in all that extra stuff, you're essentially carrying a tent at that point. Yeah. And might as well just now. Can you can you treat that with pyrethrin? Uh, you could. I don't like the way the stuff smells. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, it, they'd stay off of the thing, but I don't know what incentive they would have to stay off of you. Well, yeah, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it keep, I mean, it would keep them out, wouldn't it? Uh, I, mean, it I don't know. I mean, I think, I think if you, if you had the, if you had it stake down to the ground low enough, it's going to cut back the number that are going to come in. Right. I, I would never use it in mosquito weather. I would just make another choice, you know, because in in mosquito weather you gotta you gotta have protection or you're just gonna get lit up. Right, right. But I, you know, I don't know. I think in a couple weeks down there it's supposed to be 40s at night, 60s during the day. I can't imagine there's that many bugs. Right. I'm really considering getting a uh, uh, getting the that for the inside of my. Uh, um, Um, your Kifru? My Kifru, yeah, my Kifru tent. Yeah. Really considering that and getting the, it's like a pod and you hang it up on the inside of the pole and it, and, uh, and it's got a floor and another two zippers and, and the whole thing. I mean, so you don't use it when you have your wood stove. Yeah. Although, uh, I have seen you can get a half of one too. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the, um, the full Monty. The full, yeah, you could have it have. And the other thing too, and I and I haven't done this yet, and I want to do it real bad, and that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to go down there because he has all that bamboo. I wanted to uh, set it up as a exterior frame tent. Oh, your teepee? Yeah. So you set it up the poles on the outside. Okay. You make a tripod and you yeah. hang it up from the center of it, and then you can put your wood stove anywhere you want. It doesn't have to be next to the pole. You can be off to one side, and then the pole is not to give you more room inside. Yeah, I just wonder where the chimney would go then. Well, you'd still go in the same hole, but it's just that you would have the stove would be on an angle. The, oh, okay, the pipe would be on more of an angle. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, so but then you don't have the pole in the middle, and and that you know because that my tent is a is a four man tent. Yeah. And and I don't give a shit what anybody says. Uh, me, myself, and my and I are make it crowded yeah. in that tent. It's it's pretty small. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and although I have been in it with two people, um, you don't you're not putting any gear with it or very little gear with you yeah. in there. And, come here, Stormy, stop. And uh, and so you're not putting in you're not putting much gear with you when you're doing that. Yeah, which is uh, um, which is interesting anyway. But the pole is right in the center, and the and the stove is right in the center. Yeah. So you it takes up a lot of room. Yeah. Just that little bit. But if you could put the stove off to one side a little bit, um, so you have a lot more room on on the other side, and there's no interference with the pole and stuff. Well, 
you know, all of a sudden that makes a, a different tent inside. Yeah. <clears throat> That'd be all right, I guess. You could try that. Um, the other thing you could do uh, is just uh, find a... Yeah, it could be hard to do it with a tree limb because you, then you've got the base of the tree is right there. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's why you need three, I think, three long poles. Yeah, and then just build up a big, tall thing, tie yeah. them at the top. Yep, big, yeah. tall tripod. The other thing, I saw another tent get set up, uh, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but I will come across it later. I'm thinking about looking at it. And instead of getting a, 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 big, uh, a bigger Kifaru, I was going to get an eight-man Kifaru or an eight-man um one of the eight-man teepees, anyways. I mean, there's three, the, the um, uh, Seek Outside, Kifaru, and uh, there's another one. They're literally the same they, teepee. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about getting a, an eight-man of that version. <clears throat> but then I came across this other one that you actually can have an open fire on the inside of it, like a like a campfire oh, in the middle of it. Yeah, then it's got to have a, a thing at the top, a, a right, wide a open. Right, Yep, yeah, a big vent, it's... and um, and apparently that's kind of a cool way to do it too. And so I was looking at those real hard, and um, I would look long and hard though, man. You get an ember loose from that, and it gets on your tent. I know you're gonna cry. It's pretty pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, you cry big. It's pretty. It's not. Um, I don't. It's not lightweight like the oh. like the the Kifrus are, and, the, and that siltart material. It's a yeah. lot uh, heavier material. Uh, but where was I going with that? Hmm. Oh, I, yeah, had, I don't know. I had something. I had something very profound. I was going to say and totally forgot. Huh. Old age, I guess, creeping up on me. But that was a. Um, uh, ah, I guess it wasn't that important. Huh. You know, now that I think about it, I think that my I, I think my dog had a dog bed that was made out of Tyvek. Yeah, I think I remember. I've seen those before. Yeah, I think they a wash Tyvek. And you know what? Uh, there's a couple of rain suits that you can buy that are made out of that stuff too. Frog yeah. togs or frog. Well, and then it's when people are doing uh, like painting. Yep. Or body disposal. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have like Tyvek uh, suits or whatever. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah. So yep. that's my thing. I. I mean, I've heard about it. It's been around for years. People have been doing it for years, but I just finally bit the bullet and investigated it, and I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. Um, we'll see, you know, see if I maintain my enthusiasm for it. Uh, let's see, what else do I know gear-wise? Uh, oh, cameras. Okay, so I got into this big discussion uh, with somebody uh, who makes knives, uh, and uh, you know him. It's Robert Young Pelton. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he doesn't make knives. He he designs them. As far as I know, he doesn't make them himself. They're made by, like, lion steel. Right. Uh, but he designs them, and obviously I think he's more on the promotion end of it, I right. guess would be the way I would put it. Well. Got into this discussion about cameras because um, he goes to some places and he gets some pretty amazing photographs. And his camera of choice is like this outrageously expensive uh, Leica. 
Mm-hmm. And the camera that he is he's lugging around is a it's a full frame digital Leica, and like the the model that he has is like sixteen grand. Right. You know, it's crazy money. Right. And so I was you know talking back and forth, and like. Every time where I have gone somewhere and taken a picture and that picture has made me money, meaning it ended up in magazine or something like that, it's been taken with a teeny tiny little point and shoot, basically. Right. And I own and have owned forever very, very good camera stuff. Right. You know, like I started in college with a Nikon FM2 uh, and developing film and doing all that stuff. And then I got a Nikon D200 when that was the hot camera. Now I have a Canon uh, 5D. Uh, and, you know, they're great cameras. It's just they're big and fucking heavy. Yeah. And so well, like, you know, am I realistically going to hike that in somewhere with me? <laughs> it's interesting because my kid right now uh, just did a professional gig in China. Yeah. With with. Uh, three cameras, and he's got one of those Leicas. Yeah. And he's got two Nikons. Yeah. Full frame, two full frame Nikons. Yeah. And he had them set up different ways, and he said, uh, he said, what's interesting is, if I'm just going to take pictures, that's it. That's my only thing. I don't have to worry yeah. about anything else. No video, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. The cameras are just fine to lug around. Yeah. He said, if I'm going to do something and in the process I'm going to be taking pictures, I don't take any of that shit. He's got this little, he's got this small full frame point and shoot Leica. Oh yeah, that's expensive then. If it's a full frame. Yeah, but it's a, it's it's a point and shoot. It's not interchangeable lenses. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he probably has the Leica Deluxe, yeah, which those aren't those aren't near as bad price wise as. The, right, but he loves it. He yeah. said that he said that is it has become his go to camera. Yeah. He said because it's small, it's easy to carry, and it takes wonderful pictures. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, with a with that camera, that particular camera is amazing. Yeah. Like, you're never going to take, you're never going to need to take better pictures than you can take with that camera. Right. You know, and and that, you've seen. That one's you, reasonably priced. It's like 1200 bucks. Right. Exactly. It, it doesn't have this crazy lens on it. <clears throat> right. Exactly. But it does have like a glass on it. Yeah. And it's it's actually that one isn't a full frame. It's um, it's uh, four to three, uh, or it's 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 not quite full frame. If 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 he has the one that I think he has, but um, I don't remember. He he told me he, I could have swore it was full frame. He said that's because he's he's gone through that whole gambit where he doesn't want to he doesn't want the five eights for whatever the hell the smaller frame is, the smaller sensor. Yeah, well, there's so, they make one that so the. The Deluxe, um, it's not full frame, but it's big, right? And it's got a fantastic, uh, it's got a absolutely fantastic um, sensor in it. Um, the if you get into a full frame like I think those are a lot more. You're you're in the thousands of dollars. Um, like the one that Pelton uses is this uh, Leica M. Type 240, and it's a $16,000 camera. Okay. My God, I mean that's so. This thing, this thing is. Uh, 
I think it's this Leica X. Isn't that a full frame? Oh, the X? Okay, let me look at it. Uh, yeah, Leica X. Uh, yeah, there's a Leica X is is one. I mean, they make, I don't know if it's full frame or not, but I know they, they make a few of them kind of in that uh but yeah, it's that range. same it's that same point and shoot type situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't remember what he paid for it because he I'm sure he didn't tell me what it was. But he but he said it's but I know he's on this kick where he's he's doing full, full frame, uh, you know, wanting to have a full frame yeah. camera all the time. Yeah. And for whatever reason, and so he just picked this thing up, and I I could have swore whatever it is, I could have swore it was a a point and shoot full frame. But I know yeah. he didn't spend sixteen grand for it, so that's no. What... And the Leica X is actually still an SLR. So the and the, the only reason I know this is um, I just bought a Leica Deluxe and put it on my wife's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it, that's the only reason I know it. See, the the Leica Deluxe doesn't have. It's not full frame, but my God, it 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 it, it takes probably as good or better pictures than like a lot of full frame cameras do. And then right. it doesn't have the, doesn't have the interchangeable lens. Right. Um, so if, if he's using a point and shoot, he's probably either using that, the deluxe or the V lux, either, either one. Um, but they're, yeah, those but are this, fantastic cameras. This, uh, the Leica X, you can't change the lenses on that, can you? No, I think you can. I think the, the Leica is a, it's a compact. And then I think it, I think you can change the lenses on it because that looks to me like an SLR lens. I'm pretty sure. I, again, I'm probably wrong, and probably somebody's going to write in and tell me what an idiot I am, which is fine. I know. I know he loves it. I do know yeah. that. I know he loves it. He says it's basically, you know, and see, I would probably spring for a camera like that. Yeah. But I know the glass. If that's an interchangeable, like a glass is expensive. Oh God, yes. Yeah, because the body on that M two forty is only six thousand, so it's got a ten thousand dollar lens on it. That's freaking crazy. But I don't know. That's expensive. Yeah. That's so, expensive. So, uh, so, and it's getting that time of year to to be doing pictures. I mean, I love taking pictures. Yeah. See, my the camera I use the most for uh, stills. When I'm out and about is is a uh, well up until now is a Canon S95. That's like yeah. a little point and shoot that takes great pictures. And it you know the the other thing you gotta think about with these cameras is uh, it's got to be able to shoot in a lot of different kind of conditions, right. humidity wise and temperature wise. Right. And so far that that little Sony has just been bomb proof. Yeah. You know, it's been in jungle, it's been in cold, it's been uh, just about everywhere. And so I've been real impressed with it. Uh, on one trip I went on, I brought that and another guy brought a Canon 5D. And his Canon 5D did not like the humidity. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's bad. Yeah. That's, so That's hard on it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I was the one that walked away with pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know. Interesting. Yeah, it's so you know it's kind of a it's kind of a whole philosophy thing is like what am I realistically going to carry, right? You know, and I'm just not going to carry. I mean that 5D weighs like 10 pounds. I mean it's right. huge. Right. 
No, I know it. You know. I know it. I got an extra battery pack on mine. I've got a uh, a 60D. Nice. And and it's yeah. got an extra battery pack on it, and it makes it even heavier. And I and I I love taking pictures with it. I love yeah. taking pictures. I mean, yeah. I really truly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but I got to be in a spot where that's all I'm there for. Yeah. I'm there to take pictures, whether it's scenery or, or like when I was in Italy, I took a lot of pictures and blew a lot of them up. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and that's a good camera to do that with. But I mean, the reality of it is if you're going on a family vacation and you're taking pictures of your kids standing in front of the largest ball of twine, you know, do you really need that? Yeah. Well, I mean, and guys are taking pictures with their cell phones now and, you know, they look pretty good most of the time. And actually what the iPhone six has got a, 15 megapixel camera or some shit yeah it does well it, it takes some decent pictures i you know uh, but the uh you know I, I guess the issue for me is not is that and then this is the discussion i was having with uh pelton is like okay so i can lug this huge uh slr in there uh and it's going to weigh all this stuff. How much of a difference am I going to notice in the photo quality between that and a, a point and a, a good quality point and shoot? You know, and is the is the weight and all the hassle of carrying that damn thing? And God forbid, what if what if you get robbed? There goes sixteen grand. You know. Yep. Like is the is the weight and all that? Is it? Does it re- is it really justified? Well, based and that on the little quality that little pictures? rig that he bought, yeah. that little rig that he bought is not very big. Yeah, That's it's small tiny. camera. Yeah, it, they're well, they're like they're they're bigger than a lot of point and shoots, but um, you're you know it's like this. Yeah, they're more compact. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not near what an SLR is. Um, so I don't know. Just a interesting. Topic. Oh, and then the other thing would be uh, video cameras. You know, I that uh, 5D shoots awesome video. Right. Again, the problem, like anytime I'm going somewhere where I want video, I don't want to carry the damn thing. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so well, it I, you turned getting... me on to that little flip camera, and that does a nice job. Yeah, the flip. As far as I know, I've tried a bunch of different little handheld video cameras like that, and the flip. <clears throat> The reason I like it is it shoots decent quality video and the sound is good. Yeah. You know, a lot of times something will shoot good video, but the sound will suck. You know, I'm so. actually looking at a, a new video camera right now, and it's uh, waterproof, dustproof, dropproof, and one more proof. And... Um, <laughs> And I thought, well, you know, if you're doing pictures outside, doing videos outside, and you don't want to worry about the rain, or this thing is submersible to 15, uh, well, five meters, I guess it is. Yeah. So you could put it in a creek bed if you wanted to film fish yeah. or whatever. Um, and it looks like a regular handheld candy cam. Is it? With, um, yeah, I guess the, the issue then is uh, how is the sound quality? Because a lot of times the reason you get into trouble with the waterproof, whatever-proof things is that it's also soundproof. Right, right. Well, it, it doesn't have a case on the outside of it. It looks just like a like yeah. a regular handy cam, and then it's got a video input. So I thought, well, if the sound isn't so good without it, I can easily just mic it. Yeah, just put a mic on. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, obviously not going to use it underwater like that, but, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, easily done in the rain, yeah. easily done in the snow. And that's that's always been an issue if you're trying to film outside and you're trying to do a video in the snowstorm or doing a video in certain conditions and you're you're trying to fight the elements too and you drop your nice camera over in the snow yeah, or in a mud puddle or something like that, then you're all pissed off because you just wrecked your camera. Yeah. And I don't want to put my... I don't want to put my DSLR out in a in a rainstorm and do a video of putting up a tarp. Yeah, you know. Well, the, uh, the we used uh, some cameras on that Amazon 5000 expedition made by Sony mm-hmm. that were just bombproof, waterproof, yeah. fucking everything proof. Yeah, but those were pro cameras, right? Yeah, th- those were expensive cameras. They were they were not they're not even they're not even. Uh, prosumer they're like they're, pure pros yeah, they, those were the real deal cameras that yeah were, well those were those were pretty good um i don't know anyway that it's interesting to think about and it this is the kind of thing i do when i'm like weighing what what do i really want to walk around with yeah you know, is the benefit i'm gaining from this worth the trade-off in terms of weight, etc. So right. those are those are fun things to think about. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you want to hear about a a knife in the news? Yes. Tell us a knife in the news story. Okay. So the number one knife in the news story right now would have to be. That the knife found at O.J. Simpson's uh, former home ruled out as the murder weapon. Oh, yeah. Well, you knew that was going to be. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. They're never going to find that thing. Uh, so, anyway, that, that's the... Uh, that's so, uh, so you know your character on Walking Dead? Uh, Daryl. like so much? Yeah. Guess who might have died last night? No. They need to kill off a lot of other people before they kill off <laughs> Daryl. Yeah, mad. Yep, I'm going to tell you, they killed off somebody big last uh, night, and they didn't show you who it was. Okay. It was the season finale, 90 minutes. 90 minutes, huh? 90-minute show culminated with a baseball bat to a head of somebody. Now, this ah. is, uh, is this season five? No, 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 season seven. Seven? Yep. Yep, the end huh. of season seven. Okay. Well, maybe it's the end of season six, but I it's think it's the end of six. season seven. Yeah, because five... It seems like we were just talking about five a while ago. Well, I know that I I'd heard that the that Glenn, the Asian guy, got something happened to him, right? Oh there, yeah, oh, yeah. There's all kinds of shit happening. And didn't Carl get an eye shot out or something? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, if, if it just gone a little bit further. <laughs> I yep. don't like Carl the character. Well, it says actually, it says. Uh... Okay, so it must be season. It must have been that. Must have been the end of season six. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I would be very upset if Daryl got killed. Yeah, somebody. Somebody got it. Huh. Bad. 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 Huh. So they they didn't tell you who it was though. Nope. It was, it was, I was like, Kathy and I were watching it in bed last night, sitting on the edge of the bed, screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was like, it was funny, because it's normally you don't 
garner that kind of reaction. But this whole episode was 90 minutes of pure hell. (laughs) I got to catch up. (laughs) 90 minutes of pure hell. Season five yet. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, you know, I was talking to my boy this morning, and I I was actually talking about kicking around the idea of actually getting the, the graphic novels and reading them. Yeah, it's it's not been you know I gave up comic books when I was a little kid. Yeah, and uh, you know I go and and I like I like a lot of the Marvel movies now, uh-huh. the Avengers that kind of stuff because it does remind me of my childhood because I read those comic books when I was a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, mind you, not not as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> I think I stopped reading comic books about the time that I started figuring out that women didn't care for people that like comic books. Right. So well, I stopped reading comic books. Well, so here's the deal. Um, comics are very different now. Uh, yes. These are not, you, you know, so I have some some stuff I don't actively, you know, what what happens is. is I saw your porn collection. Right. By the, yeah, sure. <laughs> by the time I find out about a comic, it's already, they've already published it as a book, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I just end up getting the books. But there's, a, there's some by... Uh, uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, that are really good. Uh, there's a Sandman series. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of ones that are geared more towards adult audiences. Yeah. You know. Well, so so is is the Walking Dead series done, or is is that guy still writing them? Shoot, I don't know. I you know I'd never have, I've never looked into it. I just don't. I don't know. Hmm. Because I, I mean, I don't really read comics either. I didn't yeah. really even read them that much when I was a kid. Well, you know, when I say I was a kid, I was eight, nine years old. Yeah. We had, back then, we had three TV channels, and one of them was Fuzz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watched, I read Mad Magazine. Oh yeah. Yeah, yep. I liked that, but I didn't. As far as actual yep. comic books, I didn't really ever yep. get into. Yeah, Spy versus Spy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we had we had uh, um, you know all those Marvel. Con- I wish I had them all that I had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be wealthy. Yeah, but so, uh, my uh, hoopty. No, you know what I had to do. What happened? Uh, well the the uh, uh, the exhaust manifold gasket was going out. Uh, and a new Subaru. No, not my Subaru, the Hoopy. Oh, your pickup truck. Yeah. Pickup? And uh, so that was going out, so I brought that in, because you have to, in order to fix it on this particular vehicle with the inline six, you have to take the intake, and I mean, it's a big freaking job, and then I could just see me in there doing it and breaking off bolts and all this crap. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I just decided not to mess with it, and I took it in, and they replaced a bunch of... Uh, hoses and vacuum things and uh it's really running great now um but then uh something (laughs) one of the fuel pumps went out oh nice it's a a dual tank thing and so now it's back the front tank fuel pump went out and they think everything is pretty rusted in there so i'm probably gonna have to do new fuel lines on it okay so that what year is that it's a 81 81 okay so let me tell you a little secret about this you have a fuel pump on your engine and then you have a valve on your that switches the tanks. 
Yeah, the, the solenoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've already I already fixed that solenoid. I, that's one of the first things I did. Yeah, but there's no pumps in the tanks. No, I think there I think there might be. No, 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 no huh. pumps in the tank. It's a they're a manual. That's a. I mean, I had a I had a '78 F250. I had a '79 F250. I had an '84 F250, and that still didn't have an electric fuel pump in it. Well, this is this is a F150. Yeah, but all of those had dual tanks. And, and they yeah. and believe me, they're not that much different. Okay. But but my '78 didn't even have an electric solenoid on it. It had a valve on. No, my '74 had a valve next to the driver's seat on the oh, floor. Oh, yeah, a little petcock. Yeah, yeah. And you turn the petcock from one to the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah. And uh, so no, I had a bunch of trucks with, but they didn't. I don't. I don't know when they put uh, electric fuel pumps on, but I don't think it was until like the early '90s. Because my my kids got my '84, my youngest boys got my '84 F250, and I'm I'm positive that doesn't have an electric fuel pump on it. Huh. But yeah, but there know. but if it's if it's not running on one, it's probably plugged up. Yeah. You know, it could be the solenoid valve, or it could be a the the the, the uh, fuel line could be just rusted shut. Right. Well, so so here's the deal: is it's um so it, on the front tank. If you try to start it on the front tank, it's very, very difficult to get it started, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to keep it uh, running. Uh, if you lay off the gas or whatever, it'll just die. Yeah, so it's probably uh, restricted quite a bit. Yeah, and then, and then on the back tank, it's fine. And if yeah. you start it on the back tank, you can switch to the front tank, and you're mostly okay. And uh, they said that the fuel system is pretty low pressure. Right. And so if there's any kind of a problem anywhere along there, uh, right. they basically just kind of – it just basically <laughs> uses the the suction of the whatever to do right. it. So that's why right. it's probably harder to start. But once it's running, you can keep it running a little bit. Yeah, better. you probably have to – they'll probably have to flush the tank out. Yeah. Get the rust out of it. It's probably got rust in it. Yeah, they said it's really rusty. They were looking yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just yeah they the he said they that it's uh you know if they have to take stuff apart it might even break. Well yeah, well it would be probably wise and that that vehicle would be a good uh uh candidate for it. There's an outfit down there that does uh gas tank renew. I've had a few tanks done that where they take it and they take the tank off and then they coat it with uh inside and out with some kind of yeah. Some kind of material. Like a Duracoat type thing or whatever. Yeah, and it seals it all up good, and then you don't have any problems with that rust breaking off from the tank anymore. Yeah. But, in fact, I think I did that on my 84. Huh. But. Yeah, but, it, man, it it's running great now. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, I basically replaced everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I haven't replaced is the stupid engine block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll never have to worry about that. No. You'll never have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My other guy wants to go outside. Huh. Take a quick break. I'm going to get a yep. cup of coffee. I'll splice in the uh, uh, an update from Snowman here. Okay. Sounds good. Yep. Hey, good afternoon, Jim and Kyle and all the Knife Journal podcast listeners. This is the Snowman. Um, I am west of Chicago right now, 
about to wrap up my week and uh, it's kind of been a, a busy crazy week looking forward to the weekend Jim I kind of was cracking up the other day at a post you made on Facebook asking everyone to put up their hand dump I think you must have come across someone that had uh, a pretend pocket dump or something like that that uh, you didn't believe was actually stuff that they used um, I know I threw up what I had in my pockets that's pretty much what I always have in my pockets I got a Pelican flashlight and a Benchmade 710 and a Victorinox farmer a little wallet that I had made up and a plastic comb and uh, that's always in my pocket in fact that's not quite true last Sunday I got to church and went to put my keys in my pocket and realized that I had ran out of the house with nothing no cash no wallet no knives comb flashlight nothing um, and pretty much I felt naked the entire day um, so what's new uh, well Jim I went and saw the Revenant uh, about a week ago and I really liked it um, so everything that you said about it I agree with um, I walked away from it thinking that I do not want to be attacked by a bear um, but really I thought it was a good movie the only thing that always irritates me is how Hollywood has to drag out the fights at the end um, you know guys will be slashed to smithereens and they just keep coming back I don't know and then they always manage to reconcile uh, a way for the bad guy to get his revenge without actually um, you know doing the evil deed that we all want to see him do but then we don't want him to have to live with and <clears throat> I guess I don't know but but anyway it was a good movie and um, I haven't read the book uh, some friends of mine have told me I need to go read the book and so I'm gonna do that sometime soon uh, the only uh, other fun things that I just wanted to throw out for the knife journal podcast listeners are if you're on Instagram check out this little page I I kinda found it funny it's a spoof account called knife haters uh, that's h-a-t-e-r-z as in knife haters with a z um, that should be enough to clue you in that um, there's a little bit of like urban slang mixed into the post so you have to read into some of that you're not gonna understand every single word because I don't but it's you know kinda making a little bit of fun at the uh, the novelties of the knife industry so might be worth checking out and then if you're really into collecting um, old-school traditional um, hard-to-find or knives that that are maybe no longer made or, or whatever collectible stuff um, I met this guy or rather I ran across him in the uh, World Wide Web um, <clears throat> he's got a huge collection 30-something year old guy his dad's old knife collection that uh, he's just throwing one or two up at a time on eBay uh, he's got Skagels, Marbles, Loveless, uh, Dowell, Sheffield, Case, 
uh, Randall, and uh, there were other names I, I that I couldn't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, if you're on eBay, save him as a seller and watch for his listings. Uh, his eBay handle is Illinois Fat Boy. No spaces, no periods. Illinois Fat Boy. And uh, so look him up. So I guess pretty much that's it. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Um, grind knives, not gears. So there you go. Have a good day. This is the snowman, and I am westbound and down. All right, we're back. Are you still yeah. recording? Yep. Good. Yep, we are back. Um, All right. Oh, let's see what else. I got some. Uh, I finally kept one of my Michigan-made knives. Oh yeah. And I got uh, Dwayne to make a nice sheath for it. Sweet. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, so armoralleather.com, and nice. I pay. Uh, I pay full price, so don't think he's giving me a deal. <laughs> and I'm just saying nice things. So, uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, that he does nice work. Yeah, he did the sheath for my Daryl knife too. Yeah, how'd that come out? Perfect. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Does it look like Daryl's knife? Identical. <laughs> yeah. So did you see somebody? I saw. I think I tagged you in that post. Uh, there was a company that um, basically released something very, very similar to Daryl's knife because apparently they didn't want to use a bussy for a season or something. I don't know. Did you see? You remember that? And it had no, like holes uh-uh. in it and all that. Was it? You mean for Daryl's knife? Daryl got a different knife. Yeah. Well. Oh, oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and it was like. Uh, I don't know. Like people were going crazy about it. <laughs> the yeah, people got really irate. The busophiles did. They got really, really mad. And uh, so, if you guys uh, look online, I don't think they're making them anymore. Cause I bussy? They, no, not Bussy. The uh, the company that released the one that looks a lot like the Team Gemini. I mean, they're they're not identical knives by any stretch, but you can tell that it was definitely inspired by it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all and Daryl's pictures holding it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that was uh, it was interesting to read the comments on that. Everybody was like all fanboying up over yeah stuff. <laughs> that was funny. Well, he's got his own wallet, too. Oh, he does? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Blood Diamond Knife, the official Walking Dead store. Oh, where's this? The official Walking Dead store? Yeah. Hang on a second. Walking Dead uh, store. I got to look it up here. Dead Live. Hang on. Dog wants to come in. Okay.
Yeah, it's kind of funny that they have. Uh, I'm surprised that they didn't sell Bussy knives on this, but that's 300 bucks. Yeah, and they just they don't have near the output. I don't think no. to be able to do it. You know, I guess that that'd be the issue. Is how are you gonna how are you gonna make enough? Those are not mass produced things. You know. I'd, I'd have a hard time seeing them do that, but uh, cool, cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, what was the name of the company that was making that somewhat uh, copy-looking of of that knife? Yeah, it was. I just had it up. Mm. Uh, Bl- Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond, huh? Oh Blood yeah, Diamond Blood knife. Diamond. Blood Diamond. Uh, I mean, that's actually the outline of it, isn't it? I'm looking at it. No, I mean it's very similar. It's very similar to the Team Gemini, but the handle is uh, shaped a little different. You know, so it's not it's not identical. Um, I'm not a fan of the copy, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Blood Diamond. I don't know where he possibly could have came across that knife What's in the that? zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, one that's... And got... It's not like they're on every corner. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they have the... Um, why they put holes in everywhere. I don't know. Hmm. That's oh, funny. I think... Uh, Oh, and then it's got you know in the in the uh, choil, it's got the holes in there that are supposedly trademarked or whatever. I yeah. don't know. So I don't know du- how the douche hole how that went over. The douche hole. <laughs> Jim said that, not me. <laughs> it's not. You know what? I mean, we've talked about this. You can have a hole there. You just can't call it uh, uh, whatever they call it a talon hole. Oh, really? That's why I call it a douche hole. Well, the thing is, is I think, <clears throat> I think we have got... a, I think we have a friend um, that yeah, was called about that. that. Yeah, I thought he explained it to us. I thought it was that you can put a hole there, but you can't call it the same thing he calls his. I thought that was how that works. He he's got it trade. He's got the talon hole quote talon hole trademarked. Okay. But that doesn't mean the hole is trademarked. It means that the name is trademarked. Yeah. So you can put a hole there, but you can't call it a talon hole. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't remember how that ever how we ever how that ever resolved whether we ever got a answer to that but the but the thing is is like i know a knife maker uh very well who was called on the phone by bussy saying that he, he couldn't it doesn't put mean he's right there it doesn't mean he's right i just talked to a guy this morning that had a uh a name of a knife company that was close to the name of another knife company but not the same yeah and they said well that'd be like that'd be like columbia rivers calling up Bark River and saying, you have River in your knife name and you can't use that. Yeah. You know, just because you change the front part of it, that doesn't, it's too close. 
They can't do that. Okay. You know, hell, we got Bark River knives. We've got Columbia River knives. We've got White River knives. We Rapid got River. Rapid River knives. we got freaking, you name it. Yeah. All kinds of different river knives. Yeah. You know, and it, I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can, you can trade, you can't use the exact same name. Yeah. But you can use a very, a similar variation of it. Uh huh. You know, and I would say that Columbia River and White River are, uh, I mean, they're both river knives. Mm hmm. Well,. I want a I want a knife company called the Rouge River Knife Company. Rouge River, why? Because <laughs> the Rouge River is in Detroit. Oh yeah, isn't that that one Rouge. that is having? Uh, uh, isn't that the one that is uh, causing all the lead problems? Uh, no, that's the Flint River. That's the Flint River. Flint the Rouge River. River. The Rouge River was the one that um, is is drains out by the steel plant that Ford Motor Company owns. Uh huh. And they actually put uh, patrol boats on the end of that Rouge River to stop the Nazis from coming up there and destroying the steel plant. Okay. How would they? Oh, with a submarine. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. you know, they they just found a submarine in uh, Lake Ontario, Nazi submarine. Huh. And they raised it up. Oh, they did? Yeah, yeah, they just, uh, like three weeks ago. Hmm. Yep, just raised it up and they're gonna, they're gonna make it a museum, I guess. But it was in Lake Ontario. Nazis! Hmm. The Nazi submarine! They weird. were in, they were in Lake Ontario. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I guess they sunk a couple cargo ships out there and a couple fishing boats. Yeah. But they were, they were sent there to, I mean, think about it, during that war, that was where all of the shit was, all the goods were floating out that way. Yeah. You know, heading across. They all came from the Great Lakes region and all left here by ship. Uh-huh. You know, so. I wonder wilds. why it sunk. Uh, who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Could have made a mistake. Could have bumped into something. Hmm. You know, I'm sure they, they were in our uncharted waters. I mean, they didn't know where they were and the, Lake Ontario is, you know, there's deep spots and shallow spots, so they could have went or, you know, could have done damage to the hull somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't believe that they got up the river hmm. to get in there. So that's that's kind of an interesting thing. Hmm. So what else you got going on? Oh, not much. Just, um, uh, working. Yeah. Excited well, we, for the Becker gathering. Yeah, I wish I could go to that, but yeah, it's just not timing's not right. Huh. Um. Okay, so uh, American Knife Company just released the Shenandoah, and um, I think we're going to do a giveaway on the Facebook page. Oh, nice. Um, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to pull that off. But what I'm going to give away is a, uh, a Shenandoah with an antique ivory in my cart. i got it sitting right here. Oh, okay. So that's uh, look look for that. So, guys, check out uh, um, the American Knife Company Facebook page. And uh, we've formed a group, too. So join up, and we're going to 
um, do a giveaway on that. I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure the rules yet, but just watch out for it the next couple of days. So, and I'll probably run it for a couple, for a week or so. Okay. Well, I got nothing else. I'm going to go make you? pizza. I'm going to go make yeah. pizza. That sounds good. I'm having a yeah. cheesesteak. Yeah, I'm making, uh, I'm making that pizza we were supposed to make last week. Oh. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, deep dish pizza and, uh, Using the famous recipe. Yeah, the good stuff. I had yep. to get a new mixer. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, another KitchenAid. Yeah? Just a bigger one. Yeah. What happened? You burned it up? Uh, it's pretty much burnt up. Uh, let me, th- there was like, uh, the whisk broke, like a bunch of crap broke on it. The, it's a variable speed motor, you know, and yep. it's not working like it should. And the bowl is, kind of wanting to work loose off of the thing so uh i'm gonna i've got put i've up. got my grandma's i got my grandma's industrial and i'm actually considering taking it apart and taking it and putting a custom paint job on it at the auto shop have a uh, custom uh enamel epoxy oh cool and this is job. a uh this is a kitchen aid yeah but it's a kitchen aid that was made by hobard it, yeah. Probably, yeah. Back back before KitchenAid was what it is today. Yeah. They made commercial stuff. Yeah. And and so it was like their smallest commercial mixer that they made. Okay. And my grandma used to make. Uh, she was a Polish lady, and she used to make pierogies. Yeah, yeah. And so they make massive amounts of dough. And so this the thing that we have is actually bigger <coughs> than the the biggest one that they sell. That they use for home use. Okay. But uh, they went to a restaurant supply and bought it. Yeah. And it's cool because it's not much bigger <coughs> than than that one, but the but the motor's a lot bigger. Yeah. The I motor mean, it's and a, the drive train is commercial. Because I think they were made by Hobart. Yep. The, the commercial stuff was because yep, my yep. my grandma had a. She didn't have a com- the commercial sized one. She but she had the. Uh, uh, you know, the, a, a home one with the, you know, where you have to pull, turn the lever and it goes up, raises right. the bowl up and down. Right, right. And that one is still working. And yep. that that's like 50 plus years old. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. You know, my cousin has it. But, uh, you know, mine I got when we first got married in 97. And it's, it's still functional. I suppose I could refurbish it, but I kind of just... Well, they're not they're not horribly expensive compared to what they used to be. Either. Yeah, I mean they used to be crazy money. Yeah, and if it, if this one was not my grandmother's, I probably wouldn't go through the effort. Yeah, but I think because it is, I think I'm going to do that. You know, and yeah, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what color to paint it. Um, but I was I was talking to one of the local guys, and I said uh, I said, hey, I got this thing. Would you be interested in doing that? And he's like, oh yeah. I said we do that stuff all the time. He said, cool. just take it all apart, and uh, he said, bring it in. He said, I'll sandblast the whole thing and finish it all up nice and put a real nice real nice fancy paint job on it. Yeah, that'd be cool. And maybe even airbrush some highlights on it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think it'd be cool as hell. Yeah, the uh, it should run forever. I mean, those oh, things yeah. were just tanks. Yep, just bomb proof. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, with that, I got nothing else. I'm uh, pretty much tapped out for our... Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do this again a lot sooner because this is uh, 
makes it difficult to remember what you talked about last time. Right, yeah. Uh, any other knife news? I'm not seeing anything that's tripping my trigger. So, um, all right then. How do they find us? Uh, like us on Facebook at Knife Journal Podcast. Uh, go to the website, knifejournal.com. Leave some comments for us in the iTunes. And um, you can drop us a notes at podcast at knifejournal.com. Very good. And there you go. There you have it. All right. We'll Wherever you, you go, time. there you are. Yep. Keep your uh, knife sharp, your friend sharper, guys. Yep. Have fun. Bye. Bye.